Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster, with me, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are we doing? I'm doing all right, Cody. Great to be here. Great to have you back. A uh, Another interesting global dairy trade auction on this beautiful Tuesday. Yeah, you betcha. This is going to be another negative auction on the wholesale. Every product was lower here. The entire index is going to settle 4.6 lower, and those losses were led by the powders generally. Starting out with the big dog here, whole milk powder. That, you know, futures were looking for whole milk powder to be come in a little bit higher on the day. And if you remember, that is just like the auction two weeks ago, where whole milk powder was supposed to settle, I believe, four higher and it settled, excuse me, it's supposed to settle six higher and it settled four lower. We come into this auction with futures predicting a little bit higher and we come in at another negative 4.4 lower. So a big disappointment there on the whole milk powder side. And it's not just going to be a disappointment from the fact that it was lower, but a disappointment from the fact that it did not live up to the expectations of futures. Moving over to skim milk powder here. This was the big loser on the day. We are down 6.9% on that. And if we look at that in terms of a non-fat equivalent in U.S. dollars per pound, that's going to put us at a $1.47 skim milk powder on the GDT. And I think that's important because the U.S. right now, we came into the day about 149. And this was a big move on the skim milk powder side, and it's just going to make it tough for the U.S. skim milk powder market moving forward until that trend changes. As we look over to the other products, though, some of the less uh, internationally sensitive products, let's look at the cheese side. Cheese was down 4%. We're going to come in at about 216 a pound on a cheddar average. You know, you can say, well, that's lower, but in the end, uh, we've kind of just been edging lower here over the course of the last few auctions on cheese or a little bit higher, a little bit lower. This isn't too out of the ordinary. The U.S. cheese market at 212, EU coming in the day at about 247. So the U.S. maintains even after this auction and even after the rally we've had here this week, the U.S. maintains the cheapest price in the world, you know, pole position, if you will. However, I would also add that if we go back several months ago, the U.S. cheese market was significantly lower than the rest of the world. And we probably captured some pretty good exports. Those exports more than likely were booked with fixed price contracts. And that means that somebody may have bought here in the U.S. at a fixed price, at a much lower price than what they bought, could have bought out of New Zealand today or out of Europe today. And so we kind of probably more than likely have robbed some demand, if you will, from New Zealand and taken some of that demand away and taken some demand away from Europe. Price comes down a little bit. Our prices come up. However, we still maintain that lowest price in the world. So an argument can be made at 212 versus 216. You're not going to get new exports, and that is completely understood. But I do believe there are pre-existing export contracts that are going to keep the U.S. cheese moving on down the road or moving on out of the country, if you will. Getting over to the butter side, you know, butter is butter. I don't know how to get around this idea. The New Zealand price today came down on butter another 2.6%. That's going to put New Zealand butter on an 80% dollars per pound equivalent 
right around 215. The U.S. butter market today rallied. So in response to New Zealand's butter market moving 2.6 lower to 215, the U.S. market today rallied to 320. You know, it just goes to show we are so sensitive and skim milk powder to the international price and cheddar were relatively sensitive and in butter we can live in not only uh, opposite islands of the world, but we can sometimes it feels like live in different a different universe. But in the end, that butter market does make a difference. We expect that the New Zealanders are trying to put as much butter fat into the U.S. and into some of our export markets as possible right now. Eventually, once we get out of our demand season, you can see uh, a convergence between the U.S. and the New Zealand butter price. Yeah, I mean, talking about that discrepancy, 27 cents, uh, our price above EU. Like you said, it just seems to be <laughs> ipso facto backwards from happens on GDT to, to our auction. It's just something that uh, is nothing new to the butter market. You know, they, of course, in the end, economics make will make sense. But right now we're more than likely trading retail pack butter or demand for retail pack butter. Um, that's going to be double A U.S. made butter. And in the international market, the fat market is coming unwound a little bit. But we can't buy that stuff in here and put it on the store shelves, at least as retail butter. And so you're probably going to continue to see a, a little bit of demand here on the exchange, keeping prices supported for the next few weeks as we service that demand going into the holiday. But then eventually, once that demand is gone and we start trading you know, pure butter fat again, you'll probably see the U.S. market converge with the rest of the world. So you're just saying kind of getting through demand season here, letting things settle out then the convergence is more than likely that that could be the time frame that it takes place. You know, that would make sense. But as I've learned from the butter market over and over and over and over and over and over again, be careful with your prognostications on, uh, you know, how it's going to behave. There you go. <laughs> well, maybe switching away from uh, prices, John, talking about kind of some of the, the bigger buyers on the GDT auction today. It seems like uh, China has, as we've been talking about the past couple episodes, was not there in, in full force quite yet. You know, again, I get lambasted every from the from the crowd every time I say China wasn't here. And again, I think there's a nuance to it. China was definitely here. They are still a buyer of dairy products on the GDT. However, the nuance comes down to just how much, right? And over the course of the last few auctions, they've gone a little bit higher, a little bit lower. On this auction in specific, in specific, excuse me, they were three percent higher year over year. And that is 3% higher, right? And you, that is higher. But I think the, the fact of the matter is, is they're not 20% higher. They're not 30% higher. These big numbers where they came out in mass and in force, uh, when, when you're looking at the chart that I'm looking at here, it's not that it's an insignificant amount they're buying. It's just a normal amount that they're buying. And what really seemed to have pushed us to the highs in the past was just this gigantic buying that they were doing at the beginning of 2021 and throughout the year here. So we don't have that right now for a lot of different reasons. And you can say it's the lockdown. You can say it's the Chinese economy. You can go to the idea that there's a, a lot of domestic supply in China. But as our uh, esteemed colleague, Matt Gould, pointed out, Chinese internal milk prices right now are at one of the lowest prices they've been in a very long time. So if I'm a, a milk buyer, if you will, in China, I can either buy domestic milk at the same price or cheaper than where I can buy the landed cost of imported product, 
probably just going to go ahead and use my own milk right now. And that just goes to shed the demand that they need from the rest of the world. In the past, though, you know, if we go back in time over the last two to three months, we've said several times, hey, China's not here, but prices have actually migrated higher. And and our reasoning for that is that other players have stepped in. We've had Europe in here at times, but most importantly, we've had Southeast Asia and the Middle East be big players. The swing player, in my opinion, on this auction, the, the dog that didn't bark, if you will, is Southeast Asia. The Middle East was actually here. They were 46% higher than they were last year at this time. It's a good showing out of them. Southeast Asia, though, on the lower end, they were only 2% higher. They've been such a strong or had such a strong showing here over the last few months. They've really sucked up a lot of that marginal product that the Chinese seem to be not buying. And then you see them step back here. Europe steps back a little bit. And guess what? We just have more product than we than we have demand for. And prices slide a little bit lower. Uh, I shouldn't say a little bit lower. I don't know how you want to categorize it. 4.6% on the whole is a pretty big move. And when you put that together with the last auction, you know, we're down almost 10% over the last two auctions. So that's an important, something important to remember is that we we are moving lower. Again, the rest of the world has been willing and able to pick up a lot of the slack that China wasn't buying. And now China's still not buying in mass. And these other regions of the world are starting to back off a little bit. It's kind of the same thing that we've been seeing, uh, honestly, the past couple of auctions that we've talked about, kind of the same steady as she goes. It sure is. And before we, it sounds like we're throwing in the towel here and, and, and you know, capitulating, I'll, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I refuse to try to guess or speculate on when China is going to step back in. It's just a, a, a fool's errand. And again, like I said last week I, or two weeks ago, I've been that fool many times. But I do believe we're we're probably nearer to the end than we are to the beginning. I mean, somewhere in here, things probably do step back up just a little bit. But the most important point I'd like to make, even in the absence of China, is milk production. And we're going to get our U.S. milk production report this Thursday, and it'll let us know what U.S. milk production is doing. But New Zealand milk production is nothing spectacular, and it's probably not going to get that much better. When we go to Europe, we're starting to see some of the weekly or monthly numbers start to register some positive numbers versus last year. But as always, I think it's really, really, really important to look at the charts and show that these gains are coming off of extremely low base levels. So yeah, we're seeing Europe grow just a little bit in milk production, but again, it's it's pales in comparison to the amount we lost. Maybe milk production will continue to grow, but my guess is is that we we have a stagnant milk production base here over the course of the next three to four months. And again, I think a stagnant milk production base, even in the face of some slack Chinese demand, I think is enough to keep us supported at historically high levels. Again, that doesn't mean I don't think there's downside. There probably is still some downside here on some of these products, specifically on skim, maybe even on on whole milk powder and cheddar. But I think we have to keep in mind that we just don't have the milk that we might need. And that's probably going to keep a bid in the market and somewhere down the road as, you know, the, the potential for China to step back into the market becomes increasingly more possible just due to the calendar and 
maybe them working through some of their problems. It's still something that could probably put us into some higher prices, but at the very least, I maintain, I don't think we've got a free fall here like we've seen in the past years when the, the market just kind of all of a sudden has a binary moment and goes into you know, we're really good and now we're really bad. I do not think we're in that situation, but I won't rule out some downside. But again, maybe some more downside here, but probably going to keep ourselves at historically high levels. Well, John, as usual, we appreciate your uh, your expertise insight on the global dairy markets. Our next auction is actually going to be two weeks from now. We're going to be in it uh, kind of the beginning of November. So until then, we appreciate everybody tuning in, listening. And we look forward to talking to you in about two weeks on the next beautiful GDT Tuesday. Until then, everyone have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.